0: The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SEDEC Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SEDEC no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.sEDEC.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden White Podcast, everyone. I'm Dan Lomano, the noise of the North, recording this portion of the podcast back down in my boathouse studio here on Lake Sawyer in Windermere, Florida. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Performance Ski & Surf, located near the Orlando International Airport, Performance Ski & Surf, and their online store, perfski.com have serviced the toad water sports community worldwide since 1989. They also have a deep arsenal of some of the industry's leading kneeboards, competition kneeboards, recreational kneeboards, kneeboard straps, accessories, kneeboard bags, and Performance even has kneeboards you can demo. Online at perfski.com, you can see the entire stock available, including today's guest's signature kneeboard, the HO agent with Pano Lock, the O'Brien 2017 Sozo Kneeboard, the Radar 2017 Denunzio Kneeboard, or something more basic like O'Brien's 2017 Radica Kneeboard with hook for easy starts for kids and beginners, and that's only $119.99. Thanks to Bill Porter and the crew at Performance Ski and Surf for all the love, but now let's get on to today's episode. Episode number 74, and my guest, the one and only Frankie Pano. That's right, that's right. I had an opportunity to head up to Chicagoland back in June and uh, went out to Frankie's Stomping Grounds out there in Crystal Lake, also happens to be home of the Quarry Cable Park, which is super new. I think it's been around for just over a year up in Crystal Lake. I'm so bummed it wasn't around when I was a kid. This place is so rad. The water's beautiful. The cable, they've got a, a... a sessi tech system up there. They got a couple of two towers. It's it's really really awesome. Frankie and I had a, a full on conversation. We discussed some really awesome stuff like how he got into the sport, his relationship with guys like Scott Byerly, and a, a whole lot more. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I had a lot of fun doing this one with Frankie. As I mentioned, we did record this at the Quarry Cable Park. It came out really really awesome. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, I am home here in Orlando, as I mentioned, back from the Malibu Evolution Pro Series. Stop number one. We had the Malibu Boats Factory Smoky Mountain Pro. Sick event. We were out there at the Malibu Factory. We didn't actually get to go inside, but the venue is really, really cool. There's this uh, river. It's called the Tennessee River. It runs right behind the Malibu Factory. I believe it's where they Test drive all of their boats before they leave. Great turnout of athletes and fans. Both pro women and pro men were on hand. Nicola Butler made her return to competition. And for the third year in a row, she took win at the first stop of the Evolution Pro Series. Uh, in pro men, Rafter Rome, he was first off the dock in the pro men finals. He stood up two insane runs. He really put the pressure on the rest of the field. At the end, it was Nick Rappa who came out in first place. Nick Rappa threw down two double flips as well as some other really, really big tricks in his run. Uh, His second double flip, toe side, double back roll. Nobody even knew he had. You know, most people are always posting on social media as soon as they land something new. Nick didn't this time, so it was a surprise to the judges. It was a surprise to his fans, and, well, it was a huge surprise to the guys on the dock. Noah Flegel was there. He took second place. He did a Moby Dick 720 in his run. This dude is also just crazy and so, so stylish. I love watching Noah ride, and I've known him for a long, long time. He's a guy I'm definitely going to have on the podcast. So Nick Rappa in first, Noah Flegel in second, Raph Jerome in third. Ollie Jerome was in that final. He rode okay, didn't quite get as far in his run as he wanted. Harley Clifford. Didn't have the best run in his life. He Went down in a double half cab roll and then went down in a double tantrum. Super early in his run. Ended up taking last in the entire field. But it's just so crazy to me the amount of double flips and tricks we're seeing like that. Corey Tunison, I mean, I think he had two double flips and a 1080 in his run. And he took fourth place. It was just insane across the board. And I'm just honored to be able to be at these events and be out there and announcing them. So, yes, I am back from the first stop of the Malibu Boats Evolution Pro Series. Uh, You can probably tell I'm a little bit hoarse. I announced two full days of action all by myself and exciting action at that. I am busy here in Orlando this week before I head up to Wisconsin for the Malibu Boats rider experience. That's going to be in my neck of the woods. But we've got Feet on Fire Coming back for the first time since 2010, it's been about a six-plus year hiatus, but we're going to try to make it happen. We're doing it out at the waterfront. I was actually out on the boat earlier this morning, had a chance to get a little barefoot practice in, was out there with Chip Fernandez, who's like an old friend of mine. I used to know him from Clear Lake, and he was a, uh, a an amateur men's one national barefoot champion in the 90s. Sean Watson, who's won Feet on Fire two times, JD Webb we all went out this morning crazy crazy barefooting by JD and Watson and my buddy Chip these guys are are nuts they were doing it on the boom also behind the boat but JD like did a bunch of front flips a back deep water start toe hold start Watson was out there doing tumble turns holy smokes I just barefooted forwards that's how I do it All right, guys, well, I am heading to Chicagoland, as I mentioned a few moments ago. Wisconsin, in fact, of the Malibu Boats Rider Experience, stop number four. That's going to be in Pleasant Prairie. Hopefully, I will see all of you guys there. But uh, right now, this is the part of the podcast where I ask you listeners to help spread the word. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Bonus episodes have been releasing the last few months, and I do love hearing all of your feedback, so now it's time for you to tell your friends as well. Find the Golden Mike Podcast and listen on demand anytime, wherever, whenever, online at noiseofthenorth.com, now available on SoundCloud, also the Golden Mike Podcast is on iTunes. Every episode is available, so be sure to search for the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes or any podcast app on any smartphone, hit the subscribe button, then go back, rate and review the show. Guys, if you have any issues finding us, email me. I'm super easy to get a hold of. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listeners, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. Seadec Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy. C4 Belts, CWB Board Company, Lead Wake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot Wakeboards. Follow me on social media, on Instagram at Dano T Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T Mano, and at the Golden Underscore Mike. and be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can always reach me through email, golden at noiseofthenorth.com. All right, and now on to today's audio montage from stop number three of the 2017 Malibu Boats Rider Experience and the WWA's Western Wakeboard Regional Championships, and it's brought to you by Malibu Boats. Be sure to follow the entire Malibu Evolution Pro Series this summer, which kicked off last weekend down in Tennessee with the Malibu Factory Smoky Mountain Pro. Stops number two and three of the Evolution Pro Series this year, we'll go international from beautiful Vienna, Austria, September 1st through the 3rd, for the Vienna Pro, which will also include wake surf divisions, and the series caps off in Shingha, Japan, for the Malibu Lake Biwa Pro in the final stop of the 2017 WWA Wakeboard World Series. Follow all the action and check out the entire line of Malibu Boats at malibuboats.com. Now enjoy this audio montage, and I'll be back with kneeboard rock star, superstar, Frankie Pano, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. What's up, guys? Johnny Steeg here, Axis Team Rider at the uh, WWA Rider Experience West with Malibu Boats. Having an awesome time with everyone out here. Really cool that Malibu was able to bring together wake skating, wake surfing, wakeboarding all together. Great event, you gotta make it out here sometime. Hey, what's up guys, you're out here with Ollie Jerome out here at uh, Copper Lake. Weather has just been absolutely amazing, it's been gorgeous. We're riding here on the 22VLX. It's been cool, the riding has been uh, unreal and the vibes have been great and it's just a great way
1: to keep the summer going.
0: Hey guys, Alex Albin, 11 years old from Discovery Bay, California. So stoked to take the win in the boys division out here in my region.
1: Just so stoked, second win so far.
0: What's up guys, Jeff Langley here. Out uh, at the Rider Experience West, it's a great event out here in Oregon, and uh, looking forward to go turn some balls behind the new TXI. I'm Yuki Okamura. I'm men's One division. I'm from Japan. I'm living in Los Angeles right now. I'm so excited today because the WWE Rider Experience is is very good. Yeah, I'm coming the next event, next Rider Experience. I'm very so happy. Thank you. Hey, guys, Brian Thomas, athlete and team and event manager for Malibu Boats out here at Comfort Lake, enjoying the amazing hospitality from the team at Active Watersports. Sports. 90 degrees all weekend, perfect. Getting some legboard in behind the 23 LSV.
2: Hey, I'm Dallas Friday. I'm here at my first 2017 Malibu Riders Experience. The riding was great today. The girls absolutely
1: killed it. Had a lot of fun watching them and looking forward to the next one.
2: I'm Hannah Tremel.
0: I'm from Bend, Oregon. I'm 13. I just won first place in the 10 to 13 girls division, and I feel great. Hey, I'm Molly Rains. I'm from Portland, Oregon. I'm 30 years old. I'm super stoked to take first place in the women's amateur division here at Malibu Boats Rider Experience. Just want to say thanks so much to Malibu for hosting such an awesome event. Thanks to Active Water Sports. Um, thanks to my sponsors, CWB and ProLine, and uh, super stoked on the Malibu wake out on Copper Lake today. It was so awesome. Thank you again, Malibu Boats. Hi, I'm Heidi Tremmel. I'm from Bend, Oregon. I'm nine years old. I just won the Junior
1: Girls Division Riders Experience. Stoke. <laughs> I'm Brad
0: Gearhart, 33 years old, from Satellite Beach, Florida. Had an awesome day walked away with a couple wins this weekend in uh, Masters Wakeboard and the Wake Surf Division, so love the rider experience events and looking forward to the next one. Hey guys, this is Chad Lowe age 40, just took the win in Veterans here at the WWA Regional Championships for the West Coast, thank you very much
1: I'm Hunter Smith from Vancouver, Canada and I'm 15 years old and I just won the Amateur Wake State Division and it feels great, oh
0: yeah It's Alex Barbra from Sydney, Australia 16 years old and I'm so take the win in the junior men division at Malibu riders experience taking his first win at the Malibu boats rider experience in the junior pro men division take your first junior pro men win ever the one and only luca kid oh yeah i'm like super happy this is my first win in junior pro ever so like i'm just like over the moon like the feeling is incredible everyone killed it it was so close between me and russell at the end i was like really happy that i just Bumped ahead and just took the win. I'm so happy. I'm pretty much speechless.
1: Hey, what's up? I'm Brian Grubb. We are just wrapping up the third stop of the Malibu Rider Experience here in Washington. Uh, we had a great, great couple of days out here up at Copper Lake. The weather was insane. It felt like summer up here. Got to go out with the Vertigo Bungee crew at night and uh, jump a couple of bridges while we were here. And uh, yeah, we just kind of had an all-around great trip. Uh, everyone from Malibu did a great job with the event, taking care of everyone, making sure they had a good time. And uh, yeah, I look forward to going to stop number four.
0: Lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind. Lead wake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom-designed lead wake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake... Without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy Lead Wake in multiple sizes, but I recommend the 50 pounders, and so do some of the biggest names in Wake, including Danny Harp and Sean Murray, just to name a couple. Lead Wake ships free anywhere inside the USA. You can find out more and order online at That's LeadWake.com. That's L E A D W A K E.com. Lead Wake.
1: Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano.
0: Yeah, here we are, Frankie. Pano, we're in your backyard, man, what's up, dude? Ah, uh, it's
2: great to see you, Dan. good to have you back in our hometown.
0: Yeah, so Crystal Lake, we're out here at the Quarry Wake Park, this is my first time out here, this place is insane. Dude. Yeah,
2: man, it's, you know, next level for what cable park's for about these days, you know, the water's beautiful, they've got a nice restaurant, you know, volleyball courts place is pretty well set up for sure. Well,
0: obviously I've got you on today to talk about kneeboarding, but, oh, for sure. uh, but this place is a, a wakeboarding uh, paradise for sure. What's your What's your, um, like, what's your your Like, role here? Because I see through social media, you're pretty much here every single you know, day. To be
2: honest with you, I've been fortunate and blessed to get back into the sport and then Cable park's becoming so big now, they just opened one up in my hometown. I live, you know, right down the road from here. So for me, I'm pretty much here every day. It's a place to ride, um, train, and, you know, give some promotion and give back to the guys that gave us such a beautiful place, you know?
0: So are you working here or anything like that? No,
2: man. I'm just a local pro rider, you know, comes in, try to help, film, do whatever I can and promote obviously what I'm doing with you today, you know, help out and just, you know, raise awareness for this park. It's so insane, you know, you gotta let people know what's going on out here. So did, did you get your hands dirty when this place was being built? Super dirty. Actually, it was in from the ground up. Um, I helped them, you know, raise the towers and do the whole thing. Sessy Tech came in and we had, you know, Kyle and Sam out here and with all those guys, we sat and we humped it, you know, as much as we possibly could. You know, once you start moving those towers up, you can't stop. You got to sit and crank them by hand (laughs) takes some time and uh it was worth it though in the end what a cool experience just to learn all
0: right dude so let's get at it let's let's talk a little bit about you now obviously the golden Mike podcast is probably mostly known for uh, all the wakeboarders that i've had on the show but you obviously know that i am a toad water sports enthusiast and Mm. uh you're, you're a veteran. You're a legend. You're a guy who, before I met, I had heard a ton about, and I just think it's fitting to, to have you here on the show. So. Dude,
2: I super appreciate that. N- beautiful words. I can't you know thank you enough for that, but uh, you know it's been really cool for me. Uh, I did the sport from in the early 90s. It was something that I got to grow with, and as everybody was moving into wakeboarding, uh, boarding, for me, it was already flowing in kneeboarding, so I kind of just stuck with it. And as I did that, I started to meet more of the wakeboarders and started to hang with them. And because my riding style was a little bit uniquely different, I kind of charged the wake like they did. Really had no problem fitting in with them and never really rode with any kneeboarders for the most part. Um, till I moved to Florida and met Teddy B and kind of hung out with him a little bit. Teddy Bevilacqua, of yeah, course. Sure, I didn't know any. And that's really the only kneeboarder I think I've really pretty much rode with, you know, in my life. Other than that, it's been wakeboarders. And then, uh, you know, Got to move to Florida and kind of pursue the dream. Was riding for Neptune back in the day and uh, moved to Castleberry, lived on Lake Howell. This is in the early 90s. Yeah, way early 90s. And that's kind of uh, where I met up with Scott and... uh, you know, some, even some names from back in the day. Danny Vanzura was working for Sideways Films back then. And Anthony Monaco, who's been around the sport forever, he was living out there. So, you no, know,
0: Byerly was a little bit of a kneeboarder before he was a wakeboarder, He right? did
2: kneeboard in the beginning. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's the natural progression. When you were a kid and you were riding, there, you know, when I first even got to a kneeboard, I remember when there were no wakeboards at all. Right. You know, and then the scurfer came out and all that kind of stuff. So I was already out there kind of charging it before that thing happened, you know? So it was just something that worked for me as my friends were still wakeboarding. I was already doing this. It wasn't worth making the change at that point.
0: Right, well, you know what? I grew up as a water skier. My dad wouldn't let me wakeboard growing up or kneeboard at that. Um, and then when I was old enough to pay for gas myself and I was old enough to make my own decisions, I just kind of stuck with, with what I had grown up doing. And, and honestly, like, once I'd kind of grown into water skiing, I kind of, like you and kneeboarding, I was doing it in my own way. And uh, it, it made it a whole heck of a lot more fun than always just practicing for tournaments. And, and nothing against those guys because that is very technical. And water skiing is, is very, very, very tough. So. Oh,
2: yeah. You got to have some strength and endurance and get up on it to do it. I mean, I give everybody in every water sport a lot of credit for what they do. You have to put in the time. You know you're taking some crashes, you're taking some injuries and, you know, if you love it and you go for it, that's the best thing that you can ever do. That was like the same thing for me. People kinda did say to me, as the changeover was coming, they were like, you know, why don't you start wakeboarding? You're flipping, you're doing these things and, you know, be honest, I got up on a wakeboard, but I would I didn't progress as fast as other people around me were doing. So I figured, you know what? I started trying different tricks on a kneeboard while I was with wakeboarders and well
0: that's that's what I always respect because I always say to a lot of the traditional three event skiers I'm like uh, the trick skiers especially you don't have to go wakeboard but look at what they're doing and it can help evolve your sport and I think that's what's so cool with what you did in kneeboarding you from what I understand are the first guy on a kneeboard who's going out there hitting double ups and then uh, you're one of the first guys booting off of the kickers at cable parks in the fashion that you do. And you were one of the first guys that I at least saw who who is, you know, in the rails and the features started coming in. You were the one attacking some yeah. of those. and
2: Well, you know, I thought kneeboarding is such an amazing sport and it got a little squashed by wakeboarding. And it was because I feel that wakeboarding has such a board sport appeal, like you know, skateboarding, like snowboarding, and you could take that board, you jump up on rails and all these different things. I saw that there was the potential for that in kneeboarding for sure, you know, yeah, but, but nobody co- was doing it.
0: But rewinding the clock back to the late 80s, early 90s, kneeboarding was right there. I mean, I remember hot summer nights. I remember watching ESPN and and kneeboarding was just as important as the water skiing was. Oh, sure. Maybe even more important because there was a time... When kneeboards were out selling pretty much everything except yes. for tubes. Oh,
2: for sure. You know, and they're still a high seller on the marketplace because it is a it's a great toy to have on your boat that your family can jump on and immediately ride and have some fun without really getting worked, you know, to just go out and have some fun for the afternoon.
0: Yeah, well I really I really enjoy kneeboarding. I never really did too much of it as a kid and I am doing more and more of it now. Um I, I've got a shark. Do you remember those? I
2: really don't, to be honest with you.
0: Okay, so it's basically a Hydra slide, just okay. with a painting of a shark on the front of it, and it says "shark." It's a. Super- I had one that
2: was called a bullfrog, so I don't even remember who made it. So. So this
0: thing is like four inches thick. Right. Um, the pad on it is. I'm looking. I'm sitting here looking at your your knee board. Uh, it's. Actually, the pad's probably comparable to what is under the pad. Yeah, right. Yeah, they just took
2: neoprene off of a wetsuit and they glued it down on the plastic and said, here you go. (laughs) There was like no formation for your knee to sit inside the boot or anything. Yeah, you just took a slam.
0: All right, Frank, so I want to kind of go back and, well, before we get to how you got into water sports... You were a part of like the pro pro tour when it was the pro tour, not the pro wake tour, the pro wakeboard sure, tour. Sure,
2: when Budweiser was actually the the original sponsor of the tour back in the day was the Budweiser Water Ski Tour that would come through you know every summer.
0: So before wakeboarding was added onto that tour, um, you were there before wa- there was wakeboarding on the tour.
2: Not competing in it, but I was there hanging out, checking it out. Um, it wasn't until wakeboarding started coming around when my friends sawing me evolve in kneeboarding, doing tricks. Uh, that kind of pushed me to go there one day there was a pro-am challenge you pay a little bit of money you go there on Thursday if you qualify you go through the weekend and I actually did well enough to stay through the weekend Um, and that was it for me at that point I was you know hooked and started following the stops and even back then following right along with me was Kobe Mikasich, Mike Weddington, Chris Bischoff, all these guys were doing the Pro-Am challenges with me, showing up at these different places to try to get in. You know, Those guys
0: they, were on their wakeboards.
2: They were wakeboarding, sure, at that time, but doing the Pro-Am challenge like myself, not a pro rider at the time, trying to get into the sport. You know,
0: How did the skiers uh, in those days uh, receive you guys?
2: You know what, actually, I think the kneeboarding got received a little bit better than the wakeboarding did at first. You know, It was something cool and new, it was on the boat already. Everybody was kind of used to it being around. Um, we were fine, and kneeboarding was growing. And then all of a sudden, you know, when wakeboarding did come in, we were together in that whole thing. The first wakeboarding magazine has a kneeboarder and a wakeboarder on the cover. So it was a, a evolving thing. And then, I don't know, people just started to really lock into wakeboarding and what you could do with it, you know, having different foot forwards and things like that gave it that board sport appeal. And it kind of pushed us off the tour, slow but sure, which was, you know, unfortunate, but they kind of looked like... Um, they just thought of us as a little lesser than what they were doing you know which so, was a shame but at the same time you know other things were evolving you know wakeboarding was growing at that time even in the, the
0: early 2000s the first thing you buy when you're more of a recreationalist uh, getting into to you know one of the towed water sports boats you buy a kneeboard you buy a tube. So yep. you,
2: you know, like the two biggest things out there for sure. Really, in general sales across the world, kneeboards still sell huge. Maybe not all of these great, you know, highline boards, but the the roto molded boards in the general marketplace. You know, the Sam's clubs of the world and all those kind of places that sell the ninety nine dollar boards. It is still one of the main sellers for boating. you are still going to buy a tube. They're going to buy a ninety nine dollar kneeboard, and they're going to take it out there. Because their kids can get up on it easy. It floats easy. They don't have to fight to get up and ride it. So it still really sells a lot. You'd be surprised how many kneeboards sell a year. Still, it's just maybe not so much in the States talked about, you know, as it sure. is in other places. Absolutely. Well, how did
0: you get into kneeboarding? Or were you a skier before that? I was boating? not.
2: I was a, an everything guy like you. I enjoyed barefooting mostly back in the day. And I had a friend, Mike Frankenbush, had a ski school on the, on the river and I would- Wait walk. a minute, you're a Frankenbush guy? Well, I actually used to uh, kind of ride with him with the walking on water ski school. We kind of ran it together a little bit way back in the day. But Frankie, are you, you a musician? I am a musician too, I play drums.
0: I think you and my dad probably ran around a long time ago because my dad used to <laughs> run around with Frankenbush Bush back in the really? late '70s, early '80s.
2: Wow, dude! It's see, you're you're bringing my age out, but it's all good, bro. Cool, <laughs> well, dude. I mean,
0: we're, I mean, we're, we are gonna get to it because I know I you think are. It's is, all good. <laughs> I think it's pretty pretty special. Frank, Mike. For anybody who doesn't know, Mike Frankenbush, Bush, he is. I mean, he's a great barefooter from what I understand. I've never seen him barefoot. Oh yeah, amazing. But the best barefoot coach in the world.
2: Yeah. He's amazing and you know what bottom line for me he was a barefoot guy and I was bringing a kneeboard on his boat then And we were trying to learn how to weight down a, you know, a barefoot boat so I can go out there and throw flips off of these, you know, six inch waves, you know, (laughs) that it would make behind the boat. Man,
0: it has changed a lot. (laughs) Oh
2: my God. I mean, look at even, you know, when the Budweiser water ski tour was going and Sea-Doo was a big sponsor for the tour back in the day, there was a thing called the flip off and you'd have to go out there and get as many flips in one pass off of a Sea-Doo. So it was bananas. You you go out there and you kind of like have to body huck it off this little six inch thing and then air flip a couple and then turn around and come back at it and the things swinging back and forth so yeah it was nuts you know but in the in the, the growth <laughs> in the famous
0: words of tony finn the quinn flipple right? yeah right <laughs> all right so so let's let's regress let's get back to, to how how you kind of all got started into it all
2: Okay, so for me, really, it was on a fluke, too. Uh, I was working at a boat shop with my buddy, Steve, um, lifelong friend, uh, had a, a boat shop in the neighborhood, this Grand Sports Center, and uh, we were repoing boats. This is in Illinois. Yeah, right here in Illinois. We were repoing boats. We happened to go out one night and uh, grab a boat from somebody and uh, bring it back into the shop, and as we went through the boat to clean it out, there was a kneeboard sitting in there. Uh, we took a boat out that weekend. I brought the kneeboard with, and on a fluke, just went out a wake, and... Through at the wake i didn't know what i was doing but it was a flip and it came around and i didn't ride away from it or anything but at that point i just thought oh my god this is the coolest thing ever after skiing and doing all these things and you can flip behind a boat that was it. I went out and bought my own board within like days of that happening.
0: And if you don't mind me like asking around, like what time was this? This
2: is the eighties. Now we're going to bring this down into like 80 or right, high school for me is 84. <laughs> so, like, you know, somewhere in, you know, late eighties, 89, 88, somewhere right around there. Wow. And, and,
0: and so you got on the knee board and, and so did you pretty much just stop doing everything
2: else? I, i did really it was freaky enough everybody thought i was a little strange every time we went to a boat i had my kneeboard on my side with me and i wanted to just make sure i can get a pull you know and go out there and try you know to do something and back then there were no ski boats like there are today that were developed you'd go out there with you know with a big outboard motor and it's big frothy wake, but you go out there and try to hit it, you know, and do whatever you can and just have fun. Probably uh, trim up that motor as much yeah. as you can get the nose of that And then boat. try to have somebody holding the speed and everything. Oh my God, what a nightmare. But, you know, again, that's where it just, it gave you that adrenaline rush and you just, it was different than skiing. It was, you know, barefooting was cool. There was a rush, but you couldn't get upside down. You couldn't get air unless you were barefoot jumping and those crashes were horrible. So
0: <laughs> so were you a competitive like barefooter? or competitive? No, none of
2: that stuff. I really barely competed in kneeboarding. I got into it right in the very beginning when I started kneeboarding after the Budweiser water ski tour thing happened. And I was done with that. I tried a few events. I would go to the local regional events and things like that. And uh, my riding style already was so different than the kneeboarders at these events. I was already doing things like layouts and Pucci glides and these were things that were not even sanctioned in the aka for kneeboarding so if you went out and threw these tricks they wouldn't even score them for well, you.
0: kneeboarding and i don't know how it scored today but back in the old days i'm guessing it was just an offshoot of trick skiing and um yeah to a degree like, and you had to
2: pick your run you had to call it out there was a point scale for each trick and then you know they just basically if you did the trick they you know there's like you know like just if they liked it, they gave it so many points. There was no like style and all these different things like they have today. It was just a, a pointed trick. And now if you went out there, let's say, and threw a, a layout, but it's it wasn't a sanctioned trick, no points, zero. So you went out there and threw a pass across the wake and you're probably not going to win anything because you did a trick that... They're not even going to recognize it at this point so unfortunately
0: me, i think that's and not to like talk trash but unfortunately i think that's that comes from like an old school water ski mentality because we actually are still seeing that i i believe i'm a trick skier right and watching like traditional. oh don't get me wrong skiing. it's
2: still in the aka kind of a little traditional now um, i wish they would kind of let it grow a little bit more it needs it obviously the things that you've seen myself and a lot of people out there in social media doing now on kneeboards let you know that you can go out there and do some really cool stuff. You could do big air, you can hit things, you can go rail jump. I mean, I've jumped over my boat, I've hit a tree for the cover of Water Ski Magazine, we did a fire jump, we did a car barge jump. So you could do any of these things if you kind of put your mind to it and just kind of suck it up and go for it. So um, do you have any involvement with the, with the aka, that's the American you No, I don't have actually any involvement with it. Like I said, back in the day, When they wouldn't sanction the tricks that i was kind of doing they didn't really want to pay attention to it and they wouldn't grow i stepped away from it for me at that point i became a free rider and have been fortunate enough to be that my entire career as a kneeboarder now yeah but you're still interested in
0: the competitive scene i mean i know that i I see you um commenting on other Oh, for sure look
2: i don't I don't put anything against it. I think that the competitive side of it's huge. Can I go out and train to do it anymore? No way. My body won't let me not at this point anymore, but I love that they still, you know, have it going. I wish it could be a little bigger, um, like I said, it needs a little bit more of the wakeboard side of it so it can help grow.
0: Frankie, I feel like if you went back and started training for the way that kneeboarding contests are run now, it would probably be a little less taxing on your body than the way that you do ride right now.
2: Yeah, you know what? Bottom line is the wakes help you jump, all these things you know, add to it. Um, I've been fortunate enough with HO to uh, invent this pad called the pano, uh, you know, Pano Shock, and what it does is allows you to take big air jumps, land on the other side and not crush your ankles and your back and everything so yeah, we it's it's definitely changed the game for me to be able to go after it. Okay, well,
0: first time I ever heard of you. So I moved down to Orlando around 2002, and Anthony Monaco, uh, who was a re- pretty solid wakeboarder in the oh, sure, uh, you he was know, on mid- the
2: first Liquid Force team when I was down there and hanging out with all those guys.
0: So I started skiing with him, and he actually moved to Florida to be a competitive. Knee- he was a show skier, and then he moved down to Florida to become a competitive knee boarder, and obviously he saw the trend moving to wakeboarding. Yes, and so Anthony, when I moved down to Florida. He was done wakeboarding, and he was getting back into water skiing. He was in his early 30s, and I was in my yes. early 20s. And uh, just knowing how into just total water sports overall that I was, he'd always be like, man, have you ever heard of my buddy Frankie Pano? <laughs> and and I'd always be like, I don't know. And he'd be like, this is basically the only guy that was invited into Byerly's boat and uh, (laughs) and and this guy was going as big as the boys were off the double ups hitting all the features that the guys were you know back in the back in the old days and stuff yeah it
2: was you know it was a great blessing that the guys you know took me in you know the group uh never said a word to me about anything about it being kneeboarding it was always you know let Frankie go out there you know he's gonna charge it and that's was cool for me
0: Man, so, so being a part of that whole like, I don't know, like, I guess the, the, the pioneers of wakeboarding just to, to be able to go out there and hang with them, you know, and I obviously I, I have a similar situation where I was hanging with all the wakeboarders, Sure. but I'm a water skier, but I was never afraid to just be me. I always did what I want, and I think that was what earned the respect from, from my
2: peers. I think that's exactly where the respect for, comes for myself from the wakeboard community is because I've never let go of my dream when it comes to this sport. And I've charged it, you know, the same as always. I did also retire from the sport for 10 full years. I became a rep and uh, eight years ago got back into it and helped start growing it back up to, you know, some public attention again, which is pretty cool.
0: You went away from the, from the sport, at least from,
2: like, the limelight, and where did you go? I basically went home back to be back with family. You know, uh, at that time, my mother needed some help with, you know, health you know, issues, so I came home. Um, I had already been chasing it for a while, and then at that point, wakeboarding had taken such a you know a stranglehold on the marketplace. There wasn't much going on in kneeboarding anymore. Let's be honest. You know the tournaments were done. They took it off of the, the tour stops, and so it was time to give it up. You know maybe you know stay home with the family. They needed my you know me by them side. They were always you know by mine. Um, and I started repping for a couple of big companies. Ed Hardy one, and then uh, Fat Farm and Baby Fat. So. You know being in Chicago staying in the urban market and stuff like that and gave me ten great years you know back here doing it it was you know just something to get into you had a, I guess we were all growing up at that time you know sure all
0: right well about ten years ago you broke back into the scene and uh, uh, when you broke back into the scene taking a look at you versus looking at like the cream of the crop in the world of wakeboarding at the time there's some differences and you know obviously i mentioned something before (laughs) age is just a number right i feel it for sure and and you my friend are the poster boy for that and we don't have
2: to talk about how old you are it doesn't matter man this year april 51 this year bud and you know so blessed and humbled by this whole thing to be 51 years old still be able to even ride and then to be able to at least go out there and do some of the stuff that I'm doing yeah it's pretty cool so in that in between time were you out there were you still training were you still practicing my training for myself has just come from riding bottom line and then what I, what gives me my training and my thoughts is watching the wakeboarders I am definitely doing everything I can based on what I see from what they do you know their tricks are amazing and the stuff that they're pulling off these days is just bananas You're never going to be able to pull off all of that stuff on a kneeboard, but if you can come close to a bunch of it, I'm going to try to go for it as long as I can for sure.
0: Absolutely, man, and and I give you credit, bro, because I personally feel, I I worked at performance ski and surf for about five years between like 2003, 2007-ish, and I mean, we we sold a a lot of kneeboards, right? And in that time, there was the Joker board, sure. which probably is the most popular board of all time. I think it's still in the HO line.
2: Oh, it is. Yeah. And again, like we've wanted maybe at some points to change it up and the retailer themselves and the public love the board. It's still out there. So still selling well. well
0: and then all of a sudden, I remember uh, Teddy Bevilacqua with O'Brien released what I believe was the first ever signature pro model kneeboard.
2: Um, I, his first board actually came out through Neptune way back in the day okay. when even like CC Roberts and stuff were part of, and Chase Hevner and all those guys were part of, you know, Neptune back in the day. The wake side. Yeah. The wake part, you know, all the wakeboard side of it. They released a kneeboard back in the day with Ted. So that was really his first pro model board.
0: Well, so, you know, we have Ted who's got that pro model board and then here you come in your forties, you start getting back into it and then bam, all of a sudden you have a signature board uh, talk about how this all went down
2: it really and it kind of happened with Ted and myself this is the board my agent board through HO right now is a is a amazing boat board it was also a board that was really designed by Ted bevel way back in the day and it was the board that Neptune was making um, I when I went back to HO as they wanted to redevelop their knee board program it was extremely difficult to try to get them to go into full development of a new board and they didn't know if it was a proven design that would work So I had spoken to Ted a little bit on the side. I said, do you know where the old press is? Do you know where any of the old stuff is for that board? And he had said that there wasn't. You know, he couldn't find it. We looked a little bit. I even had Anthony Monaco searching for me a little bit through some of his contacts. We were never able to find anything for the board. So I took an old board, we catted it out, and we started sampling it up and just making some changes, doing some tweaks to the board with the pad, with the strap, with the underside of the board to make it, you know, Little more, you know, up to date, new well, more materials, it, things like
0: that. You touched on it earlier when, when you were doing it in the early days, you had uh, a little lip, maybe like six inches, and that was probably a, a great wake. Now you're hitting the same wake that Danny Harf is hitting. Sure. <laughs> and well,
2: I mean, I come up to the wakes now. When it's a fully loaded boat, it's head high for me. So, you know, you got to think about that for a second. You know, even when you're wakeboarding, at least you're standing up, you're looking over the wake. When I'm coming at the wake, I'm waiting to see what's on the other side. So.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so there you go. You get that signature board before, before we move on to some of the other technologies that you're sure. behind. Do, do you think that if you would have been able to get that, do you think that it would have been too early for you to get a signature board back in the '90s, or you know, it
2: was just a fluke. I gotta say, you know, um, because having a signature board in the '90s was probably not even on. on no, the line. because actually, you started to watch wakeboarding grow so exponentially at that point in time that they weren't going to make anything new in kneeboarding. When I did come back and put the knee, the agent on the market, it had been easily 12 years or longer since any new shape in kneeboarding had been out or made by anybody. Nobody was discussing it at all. You know, they had just, there was a certain amount of boards and they were there for 10, 12 years. And they just were mainstay boards that would change their graphics every year.
0: So all these years that you're riding, you have all these crazy ideas. One thing that people thought you were crazy for was that you would ride and you had something underneath your butt when you were out there. Yeah. And... Come to realize the people who are probably goofing on it years ago. I mean,
2: well, we called it the hemorrhoid donut. It's it's had its fair share of names. Let's be honest. So uh, it doesn't matter to me what it has become though. Is a full product that's on the market now, and it's saving people's you know ankles, knees, and backs to be able to really you know engage the sport again.
0: Well, I'm guessing it's also drawing new people to the sport because now they're for me. I don't have one yet. I'm hoping to get one real soon, which I... Like which, this afternoon? <laughs> which no I'm problem. Sure i will. <laughs> but, you know, when I go out there, I take, like... And I live with a very, very... I live with the overall world champion water skiers. His name's Adam Settlemeyer Sure. And I'm not going to lie. Like, he doesn't really understand why I like to kneeboard. And honestly, for only starting to kneeboard in the last couple of years, I have probably taken... I don't know, probably at least 10 sets a year, which is pretty good because I, you know, I only take like 10 shoe ski sets a year. And that was one of my major things. I only take 10 barefoot sets. I only take, I'm probably taking, you know, a good handful of trick and slalom sets, of course, but, um, but, but the pano pad getting, getting to that thing. And, um, tell us tell everybody what it
2: is how it was invented it started for me um on a tra- uh, trampoline training accident like everybody back in the day was you know tying a rope off to a tree jumping on the tramps and you know tricking learning your trick there take it out to the boat and for me jumping up and down got a double bounce snap my knee um I was basically done riding at that point. I was told there's no way I'm getting on a kneeboard again. Um, Even like you can see here, this is as far as it bends. I know nobody can see this, but my knees thrashed pretty good. There was no way to get back on a board. So I started through a friend, Mark Grimes, and at that time he was the liquid force rep, um, also was doing BZ bodyboards. So we went to the BZ bodyboard factory. We got these big chunks of foam and I would get a bread knife and I would sit there and start carving out these little things. It was just an idea I had that if I could, put this pad underneath my butt kind of like a knee saver for like a catcher I might be able to sit on the board again so I started developing this thing really truly with a bread knife and these big blocks of foam until it turned into what now today is the pano shock and
0: but th- but once again going back to dates this is 25 plus years ago. yeah it
2: is you know and then actually bring the pano shock to the marketplace only happened four years ago so I was still using as I was coming back into the sport these things that I made 20 years ago so they were disintegrating underneath me pretty quick Um, I needed something that could uh, get me back in the water and um, being back with HO and having this little thing as I was making the new board with them I said hey what about this and it took us a little longer to figure out how to make it we were trying to make it out of foams and all these things at first too until uh, one day, Dave Wingeter, the president at the time, said, hey, what if we send you know the CAD work to our tube guy? And what, let's see what happens. And within a week, we had a bladder made that was exactly the shape of what the, you know, the shock was. So we put a casing on it, put a strap on it. I started testing it. And we were in the marketplace you know, scratching our heads like, why didn't we think of this a long time ago? And there it was. It was a done deal.
0: Yeah, but it had to be a gamble for those guys as well.
2: It was, truly. I mean, like any new product on the market, kneeboarding at that point was starting to grow back in its sales, but it wasn't taking off by no means. But this was an added something to sell to to people that maybe said, I'm not going to kneeboard anymore because I can't bend my knees like that anymore. I can't put myself on a board. You know, it's just too far down. I'm that guy too. So without it, I can't really even ride. So it gives me the ability to get back on a board and not crush myself, you know, and go for it. And boost 70-foot uh, uh,
0: long jumps and sure. going 20, 25 feet in the yeah, end. I'm not
2: afraid to charge it, let's be, yeah, be honest. Um, if it ever uh, gave way on me underneath my leg and I did one of those jumps, it probably hurt pretty bad. But no, I've had no problems with it, and uh, it's just letting me charge it and every year get a little something new out there. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break to talk about my
0: friends over there at Seadeck Marine Products. Get your boat looking brand new this summer with some custom Seadeck non-skid traction. On your boat, in your boat, on the dock, or anywhere normally prone to slippery surfaces, even paddle boards and wake surfers, Seadeck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific, it's now easier than ever to have a Deck professional take your project from start to finish. You guys want to see one of those awesome projects? Well go check out the World Barefoot Center on social media and check out their all customed out C Barefoot boat. The thing is super sick. Go to CDEck.com, hit the custom button on the website. Look for the interactive map to locate a CDEC certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. Again, that's CDEC.com, a company that I'm honored and proud to have as the number one sponsor right here on the Golden Mike podcast. Now let's get back to the other mano, Frankie Pano, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. So I'm sitting here, and now we've just talked about the agent, which is your your signature kneeboard. We talked about uh, the the Pano Shock. I, I always want to call it the Pano Pad. That's all good, man. <laughs> and I'm looking at your. I'm looking at this kneeboard. This is not a. Um, this is not a Reflex kneeboard. And we'll get to that in a second here, but there's also the pano lock, which is a strap uh, that just looks way, way insane right there.
2: What it is, it's a, um, you know, most of your kneeboards when you buy them have a single locking strap and it's just one Velcro that comes across. You're able to put it across your legs and that locks you in the board. What this does, it's like a cinch. You actually pull this all the way out like this, and then you yank up on the second one, and it pulls you in and locks you into the board. So if I am going to charge the weight, you know, and get myself up there and land out, you know, 20 feet in the flats, I definitely don't want the board coming off. So many, so,
0: so many of, uh, of of these things, I'm guessing, were probably in your mind many, many years. Well, ago. there was
2: a double locking strap out there. I didn't invent this by no means. We just kind of tweaked it and made it a little bit better. The panel shock is something that is definitely my own deal. Um, this definitely here was already on some boards. We just kind of made it more comfortable, a little more durable, uh, better webbing and stuff like that. That was thicker, stronger stuff that helped lock
0: you in a lot better. Okay, so what's it like for you uh, to see your your visions and your dreams kind of? Wow, come true? this
2: is this is a humbling experience. I can't even lie. You know, um, to be at my age right now, uh, still putting product on the market, uh, being able to chase this dream right now is just crazy for me. So. I'm going to continue to do this as long as i can i have some new things up my sleeve that are coming out for this year um as well as now that this board is that's on the market which has never been done before in the world of kneeboarding well and that and we're gonna and
0: we're gonna get to this too right now because uh you obviously a a visionary in kneeboarding you you see these trends in wakeboarding and in in in, uh, board sports in general and this is a wooden
2: It's a true full wooden core kneeboard. There is nothing about this that's plastic besides the fact that on this board, it has a regular sintered grind base, which you do get on, you know, um, park wakeboards. It has an ABS sidewall. So, like, if you're touching on features and things like that, it's not going to smash. And then it is a full flex board, which you got to see. I showed you a little bit outside. This board presses and flexes. So um, what we did to it was added a removable knee boot so what this does now is a lot like instead of putting it right here for myself I like to sit right in the center of the board so this way when I get up on an obstacle I can go like this and just press like you would with a a, you know any kind of uh, wakeboard and press across a rail
0: well what's what's really really neat is that um, there I I do follow so much uh, so much of of toad water sports through social media obviously it's the best way to see what's going on within the industry and nationwide even worldwide in Australia I know there's a group of guys really pushing it and with cables growing and growing maybe wakeboarding isn't for everybody but now there's something that you can do on the uh, on the cable and and to have a board like this I think is definitely and you and you can talk on this more but kind of open it up
2: oh for sure I mean again this is another way for people to have a, a view of kneeboarding that they might not have had before You're not going to put a regular kneeboard for the most part on a park it's going to you know tear up it's going to break so this is the first board ever developed specifically for features so that you can go out there have them out there and again just like in a boat if a kid's maybe not maybe not getting up as well on a wakeboard at the park you can get him on a kneeboard he can slide off the dock he can go out have some fun get the stoke whether he transfers to wakeboarding or not he got on a kneeboard and it got him into the sport right absolutely that's cool with me um, <laughs> for me that's all it takes you know ever you, you got to start somewhere and if it takes you starting on an eboarding boarding and you move on great but you can always remember you started on an e board sure
0: well all right so frankie we'll let we'll get away from the tech stuff real fast here and cool. i want to talk a little bit more about the lifestyle dude and you my <laughs> friend live the lifestyle well thanks bud and Uh, you know you look through some of your stuff and there you are jumping models uh, you know having models hold your board or strap you in or whatever so where does all that come from where do you find these ladies
2: well most of them uh, actually all of them they're all good friends you know they see my vision they see my hard work Um, all these beautiful ladies have been there to help me out because they see what's going on in the industry and let's be honest you know what sells most things in this world a beautiful female so uh, learn through just marketing through life, that you get a little more attention if you put something pretty next to it, right? Sure. <laughs> well,
0: dude, and your marketing is awesome, and you and you pretty much. Uh, I'm. Uh, do you have a team surrounding no, you? No, I or? have
2: nobody, dude. I well. I do have people like you know in Florida I got Matt Malloy a lifelong friend that's been with everybody you know that when I'm out in Florida he's out there following me around filming and helping me out the guys and Matt, Matt Malloy
0: for, for the listeners maybe who are newer to the industry in the 90s and early and through the 2000s Matt was one of the most respected
2: photographers yeah, covers with all the guys he grew up with all of us so he was traveling around with the whole crew he was you know basically way Byerly's yeah personal guy pretty much you know traveling around so he is just an amazing friend who is you know my vision and whenever i'm down in florida is always down to come out and you know help me get something you know so that we show something cool and then back home here i have a a real good friend of mine chris waboda who um i knew him when he was a kid and happened to see him do a video project for facebook one day and i hit him up i said hey you want to help me out and really without him a good chunk of my imagery wouldn't even be out there he's huge you know in helping me get the imagery and then the rest of it the marketing end of it and putting it out there i do all on my own um i don't have a team that works with me or nothing it just kind of as much as i can put out there i put it out there i i search for things i'm looking for the team riders stuff i'm looking for you know cool things and whatever is i can this, get out there. is this all you're doing right now yes um i work a little bit on the side for a, at a friend's boat shop you know when there's some slow times you know, make a little extra cash just like anybody uh turn a wrench on some you know pretty nice offshore race boats so it's not a horrible job and uh, keeps me still in the water and then, but for the most part, this is what I'm doing now.
0: It's awesome, man. I want to talk a little bit about Byerly, get back to, to Byerly and you guys' relationship. Um, anybody who's followed you since you made your return to kneeboarding uh, probably has noticed through your videos that a lot of the crazy stuff that you have done has happened with some help from Scott going back to I think with one of the first stunts that really got you back into the game I think yeah that
2: was the fire jump for sure and that was on a fluke again I uh a friend uh a photographer John Branken had a uh an idea let's have you do an acid drop off the shore through a wall of fire while somebody blows a flame at you out of his mouth and I took these pictures they turned out insane uh I happened to text him to Scott it was on a Sunday afternoon and he was in the boat with Kevco you know Kevin Michael you know good friend of all of ours from here from the Midwest as well they were all on the boat at that time he was the editor of wakeboard magazine I literally got a text pack in five minutes that said I need those pictures Monday morning you're in the mag and that's really what fired this whole thing back off for me those pictures showing up in the wakeboard magazine office got me back into the sport
0: and then literally a few like a few months later you're down in Florida and Byerly I don't know who the whole crew is there but they built out of one of his docks they built a, a feature
2: well you know one of the most iconic pool docks I guess that go way back is Scott's father's you know house on Lake Catherine and uh what we did was we went back there, you know, a bunch of all the old boys back together and uh, we built a pool straight through the dock and then uh, did a wave runner pull right out of it, hitting rails and doing all kinds of stuff like that. And it was really cool to go back and, you know, be in a place that You know end of the day and pops would show up he'd be pretty pissed there were people all over the yard hanging out and cars everywhere and he couldn't even pull his truck in so uh yeah it was cool to go back after all those years and hang out at that yard and do something like that
0: i mean at first when when some of the boys that would be riding with scott would come through what was their impression on you before before maybe before scott was like
2: sure you know bottom line scott is an amazing friend of mine he doesn't go out there and push for me or anything He's just a great friend that respects what I do. So when
0: Yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to talk trash about you behind your back in front of Scott.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, we're friends, you know, bottom line. And if I guess if you want to talk trash, I mean, I don't really see the reason for it. I'm like kind of not that kind of person myself. You know, I I get it. Trust me. I understand it. I hear it. I am a knee boarder in a wakeboard world. But uh, we're friends and he respects what I do. So when I get in the boat to ride, I mean, it just... It's another guy riding. It's not a kneeboarder out there riding.
0: What I think is just so cool, it's just like, it, I know the BT, hit, Brian, uh, uh, Brandon Thomas, has given you some help with uh, some video stuff and footage and editing and whatnot. Oh, for and, sure. And, and then, you know, the Byerly team, of course. Dude, I see Snapchat. I see, I've got Instagram. I see your they're doing their photo shoots, and you're right there in the mix. I mean, I, heck, I've... I've been invited to go to Scott's house and showed up and there you were. And sure.
2: <laughs> so. well, like I said, it's, it's, it's nothing more than honestly, lifelong friends, dude. We've been friends for so many years. I've been part of the family. I'm invited there all the time. You know, it's, uh, something that's just, it's like I said, lifelong friends. It's, I understand the fact of who he is as a man. He's a legendary rider um for me he's my boy you know and uh, will always be that
0: any like off the top of your head like any like stories that might stand out or some funny times or something like you that know,
2: I, I can't remember a ton of stuff like that and maybe some stuff i can't really talk about but <laughs> we've had such a great you know bunch of experiences together i've been very blessed to get to travel with him and uh you know, if it's riding coattails, I don't care what you want to call it. You know, we're good friends. It gets me into the places I need to be to represent the sport properly. And, uh, you know, and he's down with that because at least I'm not out there doing something that's kooky. You know, I'm out there actually charging it. And I think if it was a little the other way, it you know, probably wouldn't push so hard for it. Well,
0: I, 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 think, I think where that goes is basically like uh, you're you're putting your your money where your mouth is or whatever you know what i mean you're yeah. backing it up you're going well, out there look
2: i mean i never like i don't say too much about myself and my riding and stuff like that but i do know that you know bottom line is you get in a boat with a bunch of wakeboarders they've seen a bunch of wakeboarders do the tricks and it's cool and i've been you know down to the boat with scott and scott tell everybody hey frankie's gonna ride and it fills the boat up because it's different you know they know that they're gonna get to go out there and see somebody do something that's you don't get to see every day right so he loves it he's he, the stoke for him is unbelievable he lo- can't believe that I still charge it even at my age especially <laughs> well I mean that probably helps
0: push him. I mean I'm sure I mean I'm well, look sure. at
2: him this year he's back into wakeboarding I mean these pictures that Rodrigo's been putting out with him back on a board again are insane so yeah. I mean full circle right Just like all of us.
0: Absolutely. Hey, man, are there any, like, projects that you're working on or anything coming up?
2: Um, You know, right now I'm trying to help the cable park here, you know, grow. This is now in my hometown, and I am going to be based out of here most of the time. So we're trying to bring uh, worlds or nationals here next year. Um, And for me, that's really what I'm going to keep working towards, help these guys build. I mean, not a lot happens here in Illinois in the way of this stuff. This is now something that can help us grow, put us on the map. Uh, When West Park, uh, West Rock Cable Parks, you know, thing is finished, Uh, another great, you know, place for people to come and ride. So, um, just a matter of time for me before we're really able to blow this town up, I think. Chicago is a great, you know, great town. You know that as well as anybody, so.
0: Absolutely. Well, this is
2: a perfect location because we're
0: literally an hour between O'Hare and. And yeah, right uh, on the river, here, Milwaukee, airport. Yeah, exactly.
2: You got, you know, Wisconsin right here, Lake Geneva, all of these things within 45 minutes. You are 45 minutes from the airport. Um, if somebody wanted to, you know, honestly swing in for a weekend or a day, you know, jump in a cab it's a, you know, $20 cab ride to the hotel right down the street here. You can ride for the weekend, get back on a plane and get out.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, man. I know we, obviously
2: we could go forever. There's so, right. much,
0: there's so much, but, uh, is there anything that you wanted to touch on before we, uh, no, up but I just want to
2: say thank you so much for coming out. But I mean, I'm, I'm honored to have you here talking to me. I mean, I know that this is a pretty much a wakeboard scene kind of a deal. And, uh, The fact that uh, you're recognizing what I've been doing really is a big payoff for me, bud. I appreciate it. I
0: think you deserve it a ton, brother. So um, before we finish this thing off, uh, let everybody know about your sponsors, who hooks you up, who helps you out. Definitely
2: HO, Making My Boards. Uh, We got Body Glove, Performance Surf and Ski, Rockstar, Rockwell Watches, Fat Sack, and, of course, Centurion Boats. These guys have all, you know, are helping me live this dream for sure. Without them, I couldn't do it. And I'm looking forward to pushing as much more as I can for them in the future. All right. And as far as the social media stuff, so people can check you out. Yeah, check. It's pretty much Frankie Pano at everything. (laughs) You could find me on uh, Instagram at Frankie Pano. My website is FrankiePano.com. Twitter, uh, both of my Facebook pages, just my name. So love to have you come join. Take a look at what I'm doing, you know, and uh, like, comment, and share. I love (laughs) you.
0: Cool. Hey, hey, Frank, man, if uh, I'm hoping that... uh, that something big does happen out here as far as the tournaments go and then also man if you're ever interested in putting together some sort of kneeboard event you know i love these uh one-offs so i'm always oh, yeah. down to help
2: well, I'm, I'm down to up, dano for sure thanks so much bud all
0: right guys there it is the one and only he's the other man-o frankie yeah, right? Fano. yeah <laughs> all right folks we're gonna be right back a little bit more right here on the golden light podcast <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> GoPuck, the leader in wearable power. GoPuck is the ultimate personal power solution to charge all USB-powered devices. Designed for those with an active lifestyle, you're able to clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid-charge your devices multiple times, hands-free. Three size options are available online at gopuck.com, and you can use promo code MANO30 at checkout for 30% off. Again, that's MANO30, 3 at gopuck.com. Woodrow's is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrow's handcrafted, wooden, and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, MANO30 at Woodrow's.com for 30%. Set off everything. That's woodroz E.com.
1: The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products.
0: Thanks to Frankie Pano and the Corey Cable Park. Uh, you guys can find out more about the Corey Cable Park at the Corey online. I was stoked to have those folks host us out there. Frankie rides there pretty much every single day. So if you guys want to see some intense kneeboard action, get over there. What would you guys think? That was a pretty awesome little interview. Frankie is a a really interesting guy and uh, a good friend. I was stoked to have him on the podcast, and I was also honored to have him on the podcast. He does a lot for the sport, a lot more than most people know. He's a great ambassador. All right, everybody, let's talk about some upcoming events Today, July 12th, feet on fire at the waterfront in Orlando. Hope you're here. This weekend, July 14th, 15th, 16th, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, stop number four, the Malibu Boats Rider Experience. Then we're heading up to Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, for the final stop of the 2017 Malibu Rider Experience. Then July 27th through the 30th, the Nautique WWA Wake Park Nationals in Waco, Texas. We kick off August in Ackworth, Georgia. August 3rd through the 6th, the 2017 Nautique WWA Wakeboard Nationals. And then August 11th through the 13th, I'm in Monroe, Louisiana for the Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational. And you guys are going to have to wait till next time if you want to find out the rest of my 2017 schedule, but I will tell you what, it is stacked. It is nationwide. It is worldwide. Now, if anybody listening is interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event, maybe you want to advertise on the Golden Mike Podcast or just ask me any question in general, email me goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. Please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes if you're not already doing so. Please rate and review the podcast. The Golden Mike Podcast archives, they're on SoundCloud, so check those out and give us a listen there as well. Follow me on Twitter at TheDanoTMano and at the golden underscore Mike On Instagram at DanoTMano, and be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. Thanks again to my guest, the one and only Frankie Pano, and now a few shout-outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Go Puck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Leadwake, CWB Board Company, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the noise of the north, Daniel Mano, and you can hear me next time. Once again, on the Golden Light Podcast.